If you have your Bibles, I invite you to join me. We're in the Gospel according to Matthew, and it's chapter 5, and we're going to read verses 14 through 16. Um, We're thankful for our production crew, and um, I think it's pretty safe to say that Pastor Tim and Pastor Chris, as much as we love them, will not be trotting off to Hollywood anytime soon. It's a blessing for us. might be a blessing for the world, too, so... Hear these words from Jesus speaking to us. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray with one another. Holy and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you. Father God, get me out of the way. We just feel your presence this morning, so may we be present with you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So today we're continuing that side effect series and we're looking at the side effects of discipleship because we all know that things in life have side effects. Everything just about has a cause and effect relationship. You get a new job, maybe it gets you more money, but also gets you more responsibilities. You get a new house, which means you get a mortgage, but you get to welcome people in too and have shelter. Maybe you have a new baby, and you've got that mm, new baby smell, and they smell so good, except when they don't smell so good. But then uh, you've got all those cuddles, but then you've got sleepless nights. So there's lots of things that we have. Spoken words have cause and effect. So we take medications and various side effects with them. Some of them are common. Some of them are very rare. However, this series, we're talking about the side effects of discipleship, the side effects of our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. Essentially, these are our discipleship vows. And when anyone joins the church, we affirm these together. We vow in the United Methodist Church to faithfully participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. And each time someone joins, we affirm that. And we're reminded that we're active disciples. Get that? Active disciples of the local congregation that we're joining because we're first baptized into God's mighty acts of salvation. So as Christians, we're called to be the body of Christ. We're an extension of the life and ministry of Christ. Did you get that? The life and ministry of Christ. See, Christ invites us into ministry, not, hey, God, come join my ministry, but Christ invites us to his. See, we're given breath by the Holy Spirit, and he's given us those gifts for ministry. He gives us a heart that beats with his love. 
and we express it through our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. So last week, Pastor Barry and also Pastor Chris talked beautifully about the side effects of prayer. See, it's about this relationship with God. And when we pray, we have the example from Jesus, and we pray because God cares, God answers, and it's God's will. So today, we're going to talk about the uh, side effects of presence. So what I need us all to do right now, because we have claimed that dry bones have been rattling, I want you to check your pulse, either in your arm or in your neck. You should feel a pulse. If you do not, please alert your neighbor ASAP, because we want to get you the medical attention you need. So everybody feel that. You're alive and you're well. And as Christians, we are resurrected people. We have walked out of the grave with Jesus. So let me tell you something. The average human heart beats 100,000 times a day. That's about 35 million times a year. And in a 70-year lifespan, that's 2.5 billion times. So if you're over 70, Ooh, you got a lot of heartbeats up there. The heart also pumps about 2,000 gallons of blood every day. And we breathe 12 to 15, minute, 15 times a minute, which equates to 17,000 breaths a day or more than 7 million breaths per year. So now that we have all felt our pulse, we know that we're alive and we're present. So I want us to give our presence to God because God's presence is absolutely here. So I have a working definition for us with presence. It's the fact or condition of being present. See, it's a noun, but it can also be used as a verb. It's something we are and something that we do. So we can give our presence and attendance, like I was talking to the children. We can tell our teacher present, but if we don't know anything she said or he said and pay no attention throughout the day, we truly were not present then. My two grandsons, Tupac and Junior, are really quick to call all of us on our presence with them. They play out in the backyard, and I remember one time they were playing, and, you know, like adults, we were paying attention to our phones, and we were reading news articles or Facebook or playing games or whatever, so Junior says, Mimi, I really need you to watch what I'm doing. I'm like, okay, okay. He says, no, I need you to put your phone down and pay attention to me. I was like, okay, so he got my attention and gave me a lesson about being present, but so we can be present with someone, but we have to ask ourselves, are we paying attention and are we present to them? So as we talk today, I want to look about our presence in and as the church. See, being the light of Christ inside the church as well as outside the church. And I want us to see that our vow of presence is not just about going to church, but it's also about being the church. It's about being that light of Christ in the world. So if we look at our scripture this morning, prior to the passage that I read, Jesus is teaching about the Beatitudes, these blessings for his followers 
followers. And there was a commentary that I read and it said this was a declaration of the grace that God is pouring out on all people through Jesus Christ. See, this is the heart of Jesus's ministry. And then in our verses, he's now teaching about our relationship with the world. We have to be salt and light. I didn't read the salt part, but we need to be salt because salt adds flavor and preservation. It's you, it was used way before refrigeration, but also we're salt because we're resilient and we're reluctant to lose our flavor because we know that without the flavor, it would not be any good. Light shines in the darkness. It reduces the fear and helps guide people. So that's what we are. We have the light of Christ in us and we're taking it out into this world because we all know this world can be a dark place at times. Now, as a child, I was afraid of the dark like most kids are, but you're probably have some kid that's like, I'm not afraid of the dark. But I had a, uh, a uh, nightlight. Now, I don't know if it was a Wonder Woman nightlight or what, but it was a nightlight in my room. So, But I had that because I was scared of the dark. And I would also sleep with my cover over my ear and this much of my head, because you know, if somebody's going to break in, they're going to steal my ears or something and not see the rest of me that's there. Well, as an adult, I still have a couple of night lights around the house, but it's not that I'm afraid of the dark, but it's afraid of falling in the dark over the things that are in the house. So usually it's our dog, Hank, who's left some toy or something out. But we know that Christ is our light source. He is within us, and we are a reflection of his grace and his love and his mercy. Light exists to shine, and as followers of Christ, we're to shine because light is a presence. It's through our words and our actions. So I want to talk real quickly about requirements of presence. So what does our vow of presence to God require of us? The first thing is that we show up. Presence requires us to show up. Each one of you have shown up for the Lord today. We show up for God and we show up for others out of our love for God. Jesus tells us in verse 14, you are the light of the world. And so if we're a light in the world for Jesus and we're a reflection of his life, then we have to get connected with the light source. We have to show up in church. Now, it doesn't mean Jesus is not in other places. He is. But we come together because we are assembling together. Remember, Scripture tells us not to forsake the assembly. So think about Jesus as our light source. Think about the lights in your house. Now, you wouldn't expect to go over to the light switch and flick it on and the lights to come on if you were not connected to the power company or a generator. Well, it's the same for us. We have to get connected to the source, Jesus Christ. Our presence in church is a requirement, and it's a must. We must show up in church. But our presence in church requires us to actively participate and not passively attend. Let me say that another time. Our presence in church requires that we actively participate 
and not passively attend. See, we show up for worship for God, for this audience of one. It's not about the lights or the music, although they really add to it. It's not about the chairs that we sit in. It's not about the pews, if you have those. It's not about the length of the service or the things we like or the things that we dislike, because if it's about those things, then it's about us and not about us being present with God. So perhaps being present means that we need to sing a little bit louder, or perhaps we need to start singing. Perhaps it's bringing our Bible so when the Word of God is opened up and read, we can actively engage with the Word of God as it is being read. Perhaps it is putting away our cell phone or other distractions, but maybe you're taking notes on your phone, so I'll give you that one. But it's other things that might distract us. It's about being present with God. It's about stopping, looking, and listening It's looking up from the distractions and noise around us to be fully present with God. I love how Joshua, the story of Joshua, if you go back to his backstory in Joshua 5, you will read what happens before the walls came down. Joshua had to look up and see. He had to take his eyes off of Jericho in order to see the Lord and what the Lord was doing with him and for him. He had to behold the Lord. That's what we have to do. Put away distractions, whatever is um, causing us not to be fully present. There was a congregation member who, not here, but um, they told a pastor one time, they said, Pastor, today is the last day that I'm going to be in church again. Well, okay, well, I'm sorry to see that, and we'll miss you when you go, but can you tell me why? Well, every time I come to worship, someone's on their phone, or someone's getting up, or getting down, or they're talking, or this or that, and he was like, okay, I see. He says, well, before you go, could you do something for me? Well, okay, yes. He says, what I want you to do, take this glass of water and it's filled up, I want you to walk around the sanctuary twice without spilling it. Oh, well, okay, I can do that. So she takes the glass of water, goes around, and goes around and says, well, that's one time. Comes around and comes around and says, that's twice. He says, well, how many people did you see on the cell phone? Well, none. He said, how many people did you see talking? Well, none. Well, how many people did you see getting up and down? Well, none. Well, why? Because I was focused on not spilling the water out of the glass. He said, yes, that is being fully present with God when we come. And, you know, things distract us, but we can say, Lord, bind up that distraction and help us focus on you. So that's what we do. Then we show up to connect with other people. We show up to connect and be a light in others' lives and let their light shine in us. It might be a discipleship class. It might be Sunday school. It might be a church event that we're happening. But you think about this, light plus light 
plus light. It's only going to get brighter and brighter. See, we study scripture together. We pray together. We engage and connect with one another. We get connected with Jesus, the source, and connect with each other. So we've shown up and been a present to God and been a presence to other people. We again have to stop and look and listen because we just might be the presence in someone's life who is dark and dim right now. You know, there might be somebody right here, right now, that's sitting beside of you that's going through a dark time. Or maybe they want to celebrate something awesome that God is doing in their life. We need to be a presence in each other's life. See, friends, there's a difference between being present and being a presence. Anybody can just show up and be present in the room, like taking attendance or space like a chair. Look at all the chairs that we have in the room. We have a lot of them. Guess what? They're in church more than anybody because they never leave. (laughs) But they offer us something. They offer us stability and comfort. But without those chairs, we would adapt and we would still be a presence. We would still be the body of Christ. Because without us, those chairs are just an object. And we can sit them aside and not even need them at all. So we should say we would rather be a light on a lampstand than a chair in a room because even if nobody sees our light shining, it's shining. See, presence requires us to move and engage, connect, and it begins by showing up. The next requirement is presence requires us to soak in. We have to soak in God's presence. Now, have you ever followed someone without getting directions? So unless you know where they are going and how to get there, you're probably going to be lost. Unless they say, hey, I need you to meet me at such and such. Well, okay, if you know where such and such is, that's great. Well, I'm very thankful for my GPS because I admit I am geographically challenged. I like for people to say straight or behind, left or right, not north or south or east or west because this girl's going to get lost. Just break it down easy like I'm five. But I often get stubborn when people tell me, hey, Kim, meet me at such and such. And I'm like, okay, let me put it in my GPS just to make sure. And then I go, oh, I know exactly where that's at. Well, about 20 minutes beyond where I should be because I didn't pay attention to my GPS, I usually get lost and I wind up getting there or I get stuck. See, this is like us. We can either get lost or it takes longer or we get those detours. Look at John 8, 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. See, Jesus is our way out of the darkness of this world. And in order to know where he's going, we have to follow him. And most of us know and we listen, but sometimes we think, okay, God, I got this. I'm going to just go it alone. And we look for a shortcut and we get lost. I like God's GPS, Jesus. That's God's plan for salvation right there. 
So how do we know where we're going or what we need to do to follow Him? It's easy. We read in Scripture. We pray to Him. But it doesn't mean just always saying, God, this, 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 and this. We also have to listen and take time and silence and solitude to be present, to soak in God's presence. See, if we're always busy doing rather than balancing with the being, then our light is not going to shine as bright because we start looking for shortcuts and we start doing for Jesus instead of doing with Jesus. Things like hurrying up, being too busy. Sometimes technology gets in our way. I love the book, Ascending the Mountain, by Madeline Henners. She was here for our revival services a couple of times and did a healing service, did her Holy Spirit workshop, and ooh, she just is flowing with the Holy Spirit. But this book that she wrote provides exercises in prayer, and two of them that I love is called a soaking prayer and an immersion prayer. See, the soaking prayer is where we just sit in the presence of God, in silence, in solitude. That's where we say, honey, can you take the kids or the dog or the cat? And we just sit in silence with God. Then this immersion prayer, we read a passage of Scripture and we picture ourselves in the story. Who do we identify and what does it feel like? What do we hear? What do we smell? And then what does it feel like to hear Jesus' words speaking to us? It's a desire to know him more deeply and be with him. See, soaking in God's presence also happens when we study Scripture and we pray with other people. We know we can feel his presence because what? When two or more are gathered, he is there. And we can often hear him speak through others. So many times I've been so busy looking down that I have failed to see God's presence in people that he put in my life. Um, last Thursday, I preached this sermon at our Thursday night worship service. And right before worship, I had someone said, Pastor Kim, do you have about 10 minutes of time for me? And I had, it was probably 45 minutes, 30 minutes before worship. And I said, well, not really, because I'm getting ready to go to worship and to preach a sermon. And then it was as if God said, hold up, girl. You're getting ready to go preach this. This is your opportunity to practice it. I just had to look up and let go of what I was doing again you have to be with the Lord and not always doing for the Lord. And so many times I've been so busy looking down that I have failed to see things and walked into stuff. It's not only because I'm blind, it's just because I'm not paying attention to things. But I have failed to see God's presence and people that he's put right there in front of me. And I have missed so many moments, and I'm sure you've missed moments because we didn't stop and look up. I love what Priscilla Shire says, if you're always focused on what's next, you'll miss what God has for you in this season of your life. And then E. Stanley Jones says, whatever gets your attention gets you. So soaking in requires us to stop, look, and listen because we just might miss what God is showing us. And lastly, presence requires us to step out and to shine. 
Our vow of presence to God requires us to be this presence in the world. We must step out of the church building and go be the church. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. It's giving glory to God in heaven for His good works through us. But it's because of our presence with Him. See, our presence in this world is reaching out in love. Sometimes it's a neighbor that we've known for years and years. Sometimes it's somebody we just met. Sometimes it is just saying hello to that person in the grocery store line who may be thinking, does anybody in this world know I exist? It's being a presence with someone. It's being a light. And sometimes we just need to listen. But in all these ways, our light cannot shine if we're not fully present. I used to pride myself on being a multitasker. This is what going back to school will do for you because you realize a lot of things um, like that silence and solitude. But I also thought about multitasking and the ways that I needed to be present with God. And I was like, oh, I can talk on my phone and I can text somebody and I can be on Facebook. And if my computer monitor is up, I can be typing. And then if somebody walks in the office man, I'm multitasking. I'm really getting things done. But then you realize, am I missing something? Are we really being present with whoever it is that's right in front of us, with whoever it is that's on the phone with us? We just have to be present. Right now, in the midst of this pandemic and all of the regular stuff of life, we have to be a present, a light in someone's life that's so crucial. There's so many opportunities for us to be a presence when we stop, look, and listen. We have to pay attention and be intentional for the opportunities. And this Wednesday is a great opportunity through our mission and ministry fair because you might say, well, Pastor Kim, God's leading me somewhere, but I just, I need to follow him and I'm not sure where he's going so maybe you come to the mission and ministry fair and God uses someone else's presence to be a presence in your life and say, this is where I've called you to. 5.30 this Wednesday, be present with your presence. And I just pray that we continue to, to actively show up and get out of the way and let God work through us. And remember that the gift of presence is not always with our eyes, but it's always felt with our heart. It's time for us to be present with our presence. There was a three-year-old little boy, and he was crying. He was in a dark room of a home. He was visiting his aunt, and he called out, Auntie, talk to me. It's dark, and I'm scared. And his aunt answered him from a different room. And she says, well, what good could that do? You can't see me. And this little three-year-old cried out, it doesn't matter. When you talk, it's light. This child wasn't afraid to be in the dark. He was just afraid of the absence of someone he loved. What he needed was just to feel that presence 
that security of knowing someone was there. That presence gives lights. Now we check our, our pulse again. It's still beating, I pray. You can feel it in your neck. Again, if it's not, please see your neighbor beside of you. But maybe we're that three-year-old, the answer to a 40-year-old. Or maybe their answer to us. And God is answering a prayer through us to be a presence in someone's life. Maybe you feel lost and alone this morning and you just need to say, God, I need to be more present to you because I'm not following you the way I should. Or Lord, I need you to help me be more present to others because I'm missing this beautiful life that you've laid out in front of me and I'm missing these beautiful people that you've put in my life. Help me to shine brighter. I pray that that will be our prayer. You know, one of our professors said a prayer this summer. He said, instead of praying, Lord, help me, may we pray, Lord, help yourself to me. So may we offer ourselves in presence to the Lord so we can go be a light in this world. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, we feel your power, your presence flowing in and through us. We pray that as we have shown up today, that you have felt our presence with you and that we have just soaked in your presence, your honor, your glory. And just being together with those that you've called to be here with us. And Lord, help us to shine brightly in this world that has some dark spots, but to also shine brightly in those beautiful places in this world. It's this and all things we ask in Jesus' name.